5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. There he is. Ben Byram jamming out. Ryan in here, he's like, he's like freaking out right now. Is he? Intern Ryan? Like he's full on dancing. Big fan of the uh, heat, you know. He's the heat guy, ain't he? He is the heat guy, yeah. I hope this is the radio edit version, Ben. It's in, hey, it's in the catalog. Okay. It ain't I thought me. you were going. I thought you were going with Vinnie Max. Uh, no chance in hell. You know what? You know that. That's a good call. I, it's I, his I 75th up. birthday. I thought we were going to have a little Vinnie Max. I haven't well, thought about fine. wrestling in like two years now. Well, you're like a lot of people now. Uh, I've just. Uh, you know what I'm looking at? The uh, the gorgeous. Brand new 943thegame.com website, which already had a lot of work done on it over the summer, but it's launched here. Wow, does that look good? It's clean. I like that. It's quite spectacle. It's like those Miami uh, Heat, Miami Vice jerseys. It's fresh. It's clean. It's flying. Uh, Welcome in, everybody, on a a weekend winner, weekend worst Monday. We'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, it is Vince McMahon's 75th birthday, Ben. ECU alum. ECU alum. So we've got it up on Twitter now. What's the Twitter poll, Ben? We've got one of two going right now. What's the Twitter poll? All right. We got more notable and recognizable ECU alum, Vince McMahon or Sandra Bullock. Right now, Vince McMahon leads 51.4%, while Sandra Bullock has 48.6%. So it's, it's, it's tightened. It's ra- yeah, razor thin there. It's tightened a little bit. Uh, at 943, the game on Twitter is where you need to go. You're picking Vinnie Mac? Vinnie Mac, uh, I assume? Uh, yeah, but I'm, you know, Sandra Bullock was a big star back in the nineties and, and aughts. When I think household, more of a household name, I, I think Sandra Bullock, that's just what, what I would assume. You, you're probably right. You're probably right. But I think if you're talking like, uh, intern Ryan goes with Vince McMahon. He brought up a because, good point. Cause Vince McMahon's more viral and on the memes. He's got gifs or gifs, whatever you want to call it. We're not going to get mm-hmm. into that, but. He's got memes yeah. everywhere. I think the yeah. president even used one of his memes. Yeah. So from that standpoint, Vince McMahon to that generation is probably a little better known. Yeah. And then we had to tell Sandra, you know, but Sandra Bullock was in some huge movies, huge movies. Bird Box. <laughs> uh, well, I was in Bird Box recently, a couple of years ago, right? That's kind of a little hit there. That was a Twitter big hit. hit. It was a big hit. It went viral. There were a lot of bird box memes. So that's a good Twitter poll. We'll give you our other Twitter poll in just a minute. Uh, in fact, we'll give it to you. Well, no, we got to get to the, the ECU news from yesterday. So a lot changed, quite obviously, in the 48 hours from where uh, Ron Mitchelson was on Talk of the Town on our sister station, WTIB, and the announcement that came out Sunday that ECU is going all online as far as their classes for the rest of the semester. And Dr. Mitchelson did acknowledge that that was in the toolbox. A couple of things that Ron Mitchelson did say in his press 
uh, avail yesterday that was on campus. It was not on Zoom. It was on campus. And a couple of things he said, uh, football will be played. Fall sports will be played. Football is planning to kick off on the 12th. Uh, there's word today that uh, ECU could be back on the practice field possibly by the end of the week, pending the outcome of COVID tests. Uh, a couple different uh, sources have indicated that. Uh, and uh, those tests, I believe, are usually administered on Tuesday. They may have been administered today in an effort to get back out there a little more quickly. We'll, we'll obviously know, I would, th- I would think, uh, middle of the week to Thursday, we will know something on that, if not a little before. Uh, and then uh, he did say there would be no tailgating on ECU property. Uh, by proximity, that probably includes uh, Elmhurst. But I wonder, you know, how does that, unless the city of Greenville does something, how does that Im- include people's yards that are near their houses near the stadium? I told Adam Gold that today when I was on his program uh, that you could hear at noon right here on 94.3, the game every Monday through Friday. Uh, but this is Ron Mitchelson talking about uh, the reasons for opening the campus to in-person teaching for the fall semester. Cut one on our vast soundbite roster and the audio courtesy of our friends uh, at uh, the Sports Objective. Uh, cut one, hit it. But the basic reason for reopening this fall or any fall for that matter is mission. We find it very difficult to maximize student success or assist with regional success if we remain virtual. Our secret sauce is engagement and that requires in-person campus activities inside and outside the classroom. So from a mission standpoint, I am really disappointed for all our pirates. This decision hurts. Uh, Ron has been steadfast. Uh, Chancellor Mitchelson has been steadfast in he feels like that the in-person instruction is paramount for not only a student's education, but for their growth and development. And, and that's an earnest uh, statement when he says that. He said that multiple times with us, and he even said it as recently as Friday. Yeah, you just have to wonder what changed or maybe who decided there needed to be a change. Um, as far as outside influence from when Dr. Mitchelson was on with Henry Hinton and Trent McGee on Talk of the Town and obviously yesterday morning. Uh, The COVID testing numbers were something that obviously played a factor in this. Dr. Mitchelson talked about that Sunday. You are already aware of our recent growth in COVID clusters on campus. Let me summarize some of the basic testing numbers four students. In June, we tested just under 400 times, and our rate of infection was 3%. In July, we tested over 500 cases, and our infection rate was 8%, right around the state norm. August, thus far, we have tested over 1,600 cases, and our infection rate has grown to 19%. Now, let me emphasize this. Between Monday and Friday of this week, we did about 800 tests, and our infection rate was 25%. So if any city in America had a 19 or 25% infection rate, they'd shut down the city. So it, it makes sense. And what this has done, 
effectively is it has created a bubble uh, for student-athletes now. How will that be reconciled? I, I checked in with the American today and asked them, had any other institutions gone to this format that ECU is going to starting Wednesday for the semester of online only? And they got back to me. It's interesting. Uh, right now, Memphis for the first 30 days is online only. Navy's online only until September 28th. All the rest of the institutions are going with a blended approach. In other words, there is both in-person face-to-face instruction and online at all the other member institutions in the American. Tulane, by the way, oddly, is going with in-person classes only for now. Of course, that's going to change this week with the two hurricanes coming through uh, Louisiana. But right now, Tulane is not expected to have uh, any fans this fall at their football games. Now, the joke might write itself there a little, but You know, it's interesting that they're the only one that's going in person for now. No online instruction outside of what they normally would deliver, but they're not going to have fans at their games. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, So as, as, and, and there will be no returning of student fees. There'll be returning of room and board and meal plan money at a prorated level. But uh, as far as the athletic department being able to run, it does appear with no reimbursement of tuition Uh, or any of those student fees, particularly athletic fees, uh, that that will allow, at least right now, everything to run as is without any further losses, one would hope, or at least not accruing any further losses. Um, And I would think even with going online teach, I mean, I'm assuming this, I've asked these questions waiting to get answers back on some of them, but I'm, I'm assuming that the the students, since they're paying student fees, they would still be able, even though they're taking classes online, they'd be able to go to the football games if if fans are allowed in the stands on any level uh, because they have paid those athletic fees. And uh, so, I mean, somebody could drive from Greensboro as a student to the football game if they're returning you know, home out of the dorm or whatever. Uh, let's do a little weekend, we- uh, weekend winner. Easy for me to say, weekend worst. Uh, by the way, Jim Zoki. Panthers Radio Network coming up. Panther Talk coming up later tonight on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB. But uh, time now for a little weekend winner, weekend worse. Here we go. It's time for weekend winners. Yes, I win. Game over. I win. And the weekend's worst. Worst day of my life. What do you think? Here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Luka Donich, Donich, Donchich. I, I always say Donchich. I, I say Donchich. Okay. Luka Donich. I, I guess it's a tomato tomato. So he messed around and got a triple double. Right, had forty three. Aren't you cool? Uh, he cool and he, I he hits a spinning layup to put his team up, and then the Clippers come down and Kawhi sets up one of his teammates for a corner three that he buried. So then the Clippers go ahead, right? And then Dockage comes in and uh, knocks it down. Luca did you gets see, a weekend winner. Did you see where he was doing the water bottle flip on the sidelines, <laughs> barely paying attention before that? No, I did not. That, that, that's a legend right there. It's kind of legendary. You're a winner. Weekend winner. Dustin Johnson falls into that. 30 under, Ben. That's insane. I saw that today. That, that's unbelievable. He kind of uh, slapped the field around a little, didn't he? Nothing but green, huh? Nothing but green. 
So he's the number one player in the world. Um, I talked to Maul. And Maul says DJ's best is better than anybody else's best. When he's at his best, in other words. I would say so. That That's an unbelievable number right there. 30 under. I mean, that's and he hit his, game numbers. And he hit his final putt in the rain, which is not easy to do. Uh, I'm going to give a little quasi shout out to Phil Mickelson playing in his first Champions Tour event. Good for Phil. How about a weekend winner? Weekend winner. A weekend winner runner. I'm going with the San Diego Padres. They're about to call up that kid from Whiteville to be a pitcher. A local talent. I like it. They might win the West. Isn't that something? Baseball's been a little bit of a shocker this year of what teams are kind of thriving in the bubble here. Oh, there's, you know, the season, the shortened season, not so much a bubble. Yeah, okay. Uh, By the way, uh, another Twitter poll we have up. Would you take Zion or would you take Luka right now? Luka all the way. Luka's running away with it, 95% of the votes so far. Uh, Vote on our two polls on Twitter at 943thegame. If you were starting a team from scratch, who'd you rather take, Luka or Zion? Uh, More notable and recognizable ECU alum. Vince McMahon, the birthday boy, or the enchanting Sandra Bullock, America's sweetheart. Uh, let's do some weekend worst, Ben. You blew it! Weekend worst. I'm going, um, sticking with golf. I hate to do it. I'm going HV3. Mm-hmm. Just make the cut, not going to advance to the playoff. I mean, he's had a great year, don't get me wrong, but. Seems like the last month, month and a half, he's not been quite as good as he was when things resumed. Although he did have that round one lead the other week, but uh, but just didn't play as well in Greensboro after that. Uh, weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. The fraternity party known as the Boston Red Sox fan base has kind of abandoned them quickly, haven't they? Yeah, my guy Philip here, he was a Boston fan, and he's kind of just let it go. They were, they were the first team to 20 losses. Oh, I mean, they are brutal. Worse than my Mets? How's that possible? I got to give uh, Takumo Sato a weekend winner for winning the Indy 500 for the second time, but it's the manner in which he won which deserves a weekend worst. Weekend worst. One good. The I mean a fantastic wreck at the end of the race, which was marred with a lot of accidents. And they it ends under caution. This is uh, Sato after the race. No, this is a uh, uh, what a amazing moment. I'm so lucky that uh, you know Bobby and Mike Lanningan and uh, David Letterman gave me so much opportunity. Letterman's one of his owners. The talk show host? Yeah. I thought yeah. Leno was the car guy. He is. Letterman's more of the race enthusiast. Ah, okay. There's a difference. Yes. Yes. Jay owns several cars. Letterman owns a racing team. All right, all right. Uh, you got a weekend winner, weekend worse? What do you got, Ben? I got a worse with my box in here. Weekend right. worse. Wait a minute. Wait a you minute. Blew it! Weekend Wars. Do, do not go in the weeds on this. Okay. I know you're the combat right. sports enthusiast, but do not go in the weeds. Uh, I'll, I'll break it down for you. This guy named Dillian White, he's a heavyweight. He was top five ranked, fighting for a championship. 
he wins this bout. He goes on in the conversation with Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. He's up in that mix. He can fight All those right. guys. You're getting in the weeds. He gets knocked out by a 40-year-old Russian. Pretty much killed his career. That fight ain't happening anytime soon. He, he mm. lost out a lot of money. Mm. Of so I'm giving a weekend worse to Dillian White. I like that. Yeah. Does intern Ryan have a weekend winner or he's, weekend worse? Yeah, he's, he's ready. He's ready to fire right, an old Step to the plate. Here. Let's give him the opener. What is it, a weekend winner or worse, Ryan? Go ahead. Which uh, which one? The worst of the... Whichever one, you tell me. All right, you're, you're picky, picky backing off of yours, you know, talking about the Mavericks for Porzingis and Donix, you know, big men from Eastern Europe, seeing just how they flow, getting 25 assists over the Clippers, 14 assists, I believe. It's, it's interesting to watch, you know. They flow better. Um, and they got Seth Curry kind of shooting from outside the arc. And I was surprised when the Clippers could not uh, get the win. You know, uh, they have a very stacked team. You know, they have um, George. They have uh, Kawhi. And I really thought, but interestingly enough, when looking at it, the Clippers did not put uh, their bench in as much as the Mavericks did. Um, it just was not as deep. They had three players that only played for one minute. Uh, so, you know, that could be a factor on Paul George not being able to produce as much. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to translate here. You're giving playoff Paul, playoff P, hmm. uh, a weekend worse. Play the weekend worse, Ben. Playoff P. It's a weekend worse. Weekend worst. I think he covered at least three winners and four worst in that statement. I think. Good job, Ryan. It's good job. Nice work. Uh, those are your weekend winners, weekends worst. You can tweet at us at nine four three the game. Vote on our Twitter poll. Will you take uh, Zion or Luca if you were starting up a team today? Uh, and uh, the most notable ECU alum is it Vincent K. McMahon who turned seventy five today, or is it Sandra Bullock, America's sweetheart? Also, visit our brand new website, 943thegame.com. It's beautiful. Immaculate. That looks good. Uh, big pickup for Joe Dooley on the hardwood today. Class of 21. Ben will have more on that a little bit later on. When we return, uh, we're going to talk with our good friend Jim Zoki, Carolina Panthers Network. Panther Talk later tonight. We'll get an update on what's going on. Uh, NFL with a bunch of false positive tests. What does that mean uh, for the season ahead? So Patrick Johnson, I think he's a hedonist and an overblown grandstander. This is the Patrick Johnson show on 94.3 The Game. Jim Zoki with the Carolina Panthers of Zoki Monday. Uh, as he joins us, Panther Talk later tonight on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB. Uh, Zoke joining us here for the uh, program on this uh, Monday. Uh, will not be one of the featured speakers at the RNC tonight. That I can confirm for you. <laughs> Jim Zoki not participating uh, as a speaker at the event this year. So, uh, Jim, Charlotte has already uh, got a lot happening. And I guess it's just even, even a scaled back event adds... Uh, there's still added layers of, of stuff going on there in Uptown. It's like we, we got none of the actual uh, the folks coming in to, to cram in for the actual convention, but all the traffic and cut-off roads that come with us. So <laughs> trying to get to, uh, which I did eventually, but like 45 minutes later, I wanted to get the Panthers 
practice earlier this afternoon, but uh, uh, getting there was difficult. They had the interstate, 77 shut off, and other roads, and then getting out was impossible. So I'm just kind of piddling around waiting for my next appearance on Panther Talk with a Zoki takeover here on your radio station. There you go. A Zoki Monday with the great Jim uh, Zoki. So that's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, well, you were at Panthers practice today. Any news out of uh, Panthers practice we need to know about? So this is how all practice works in 2020. They, they spent the – usually they go about 30 minutes inside the practice bubble they built last year, that Atrium Health Dome. Uh, today was like an hour and 15 minutes, which means we can't see it. We're outside waiting for it to come out so we can watch practice happen in front of us. So we got maybe, I would say, about 45 minutes of outdoor practice that we watched today. And, uh, uh, you know, they did a big Saturday in the stadium, not on the practice field, but in Bank of America Stadium, a full-on 11-on-11 scrimmage, some tackling, and that kind of stuff. So today was, I'll be honest, a little bit of a lighter day as far as the workload and what went into it, more drills, uh, less of uh, team stuff today. But, uh yeah, I think, you know, as we get closer and closer and we hear Coach talk about his players and we hear from these players about what they think about what's going on, you get more and more optimistic and, and you see that there is talent here. It's a young team, obviously, by and large. Uh, but uh, I like the energy. It almost, you know, for I know you got a lot of ECU and NC State fans out your way. It's got a real collegiate feel, obviously, with the coaching staff being very college-based. And, uh, you know, the NFL's changed. It's become more like the college game so i think in terms of energy level and enthusiasm it seems to be a good fit right now for what they're trying to do do you feel like uh in talking to the coaches they have a good handle on you know some of those tough roster cuts or do they really miss the fact that they're not able to have game film on them per se you know they everybody's in the same boat all 32 teams so yeah you would rather have four preseason games to look at you know making that decision and uh, i know in past years we would go through the four games. I would talk to Marty Herney each and every week, and we will during the regular season again. But um, he always said, you know, that's what they put the most weight on. You know, it all matters. You know, the practices matter. Scrimmages matter. But uh, those preseason games, are, you know, when the lights come on, you get to see what football looks like in a game setting. They don't have that. So you're right. They're, they're kind of a little bit more guesswork than normal that's going into it. Uh, so they got to go with that. I guess the good news is you're talking about, you know, the bubble players. I think anytime you go into camp, you're going for 53 players, of course. I think you typically know a good amount, like 47 to 50 of the 53. Yeah. You pretty much know who they're going to be. But the good news is they've expanded this year's practice squad by six, just in case there's a COVID outbreak or something like that. So it gives you six extra bodies you could put onto a practice squad and have available with young players that you might like that you don't necessarily have to fully release. I'm going to get to the uh, COVID side of things here in a moment. Uh, we've got uh, Jim Zoki with us uh, over on our sister station, 1037 WTIB, later on this evening, Panther Talk uh, with Zoke and Mick Mixon et al. So uh, the very latest on what's going on uh, with the uh, Panthers and in the NFL uh, later on here in Eastern Carolina with uh, with Panther Talk. We are uh, glad to have Jim Zoki uh, back with us here on this Monday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, shades of uh, he hate me, Rod Smart, maybe, as uh, Cam Phillips. The former XFLer uh, works out with the uh, with the Panthers. I don't know how much uh, you've got to to chronicle that, but uh, what should that tell us about the wide receiver? Uh, maybe depth, or perhaps lack thereof, or is this a practice guy potentially? What what's the uh, word on that? Well, I think you know the guy has probably got the number one shot at kick return is Farrell Cooper, the former South Carolina Gamecock, and uh, and, and, and Havelock native, have right down the road from us here. The that's Havelock right, native. yeah, that's right, Havelock, yeah, absolutely true. So he, uh, of course, uh, was with the Rams and then was with Arizona. He was a Pro Bowl kick returner. So I would think that for 
the reason he's up right in, which that kick returner in this case would be the extra receiver. That would be the slot, I would think, that Farrell Cooper's probably got, at least for now, mm-hmm. uh, the lead on with, with how that would go down. So there's been some other guys that have had an opportunity to show what they can do. But I think Farrell Cooper, and the way they're kind of looking at him, is probably the lead guy. Watching practice, that, that looks like the direction that he gets. He's also sometimes going to do one or the other. He can be a kick and a punt returner and a wide receiver, and that kind of versatility really helps with the 53-man roster. Uh, we've got uh, Jim Zoki with us here. So the p- false positive tests that uh, were uh, administered uh, came back, and then the second tests were administered, came back negative. I guess the cynical question is, how do we know they're not false negative? Uh, but are we going to see a lot of these uh, situations develop uh, here, or, or is the NFL, once this happens in the cold-blooded NFL fashion, going to just move on to something, somebody else that they view, I guess, more competent? Because I understand, I guess, there, there's some partnerships with these labs, and I can't imagine that the NFL wants to continue a partnership if this is going to become a trend. I mean, you had 11 teams, 77 players affected by that, and none of them were actually positive, all false positive. If that happens in the middle of a week or you know, heading into game day, you know, those players have to quarantine until you know that they're not. Yeah. And we saw that happen with um, uh, Matt Stafford, the Lions quarterback this offseason earlier, where his wife said people like walked up to her at the grocery store, told her to get out of the grocery store and get her kids out of daycare, and they were all fine. None of them had it. <laughs> Dad had a false negative, but it became public news, which is another issue that those names become public news and what's supposed to be HIPAA stuff, right? So anyway, yeah, yeah. I think you're right that that, that lab has a horrible situation. And we'll see if the league moves off of that. But that was a lot to get wrong by that lab, 77. The good news is, overall, they've released numbers. I think there's only been not only zero players, but only six personnel staff members out of all the testing they've been doing so far with the daily testing come up actually positive and, and no players. So it's uh, it's been remarkable for not being in a bubble, not being in a hub, uh, that that has actually worked so far for the NFL overall. Uh, Jim Zoki with us uh, here. Great to have uh, Zoke on uh, with us. What what are the testing protocols? I mean, how frequently are guys getting tested? Right now it's daily, and then they're talking about, you know, would they move off of that? So the first several weeks we're, we're daily testing, and then they may go to every other day testing at some point. Uh, so that's why they've had a good handle on things is, you know, knowing exactly. And they were these contact tracers where if you're near somebody – they can tell where you've been. So as an example, later, if they find out somebody tested positive, they'll know who they came in contact with, and you don't have to quarantine the entire team. You can just right. see which group of players or people might have been affected possibly by all that. And again, that just means you came in contact. doesn't mean you have anything. Uh, so they, they've done a great job with that. So, I mean, it's just uh, for now, they'll, they'll keep doing daily, and we'll see for how long that goes on. So I, I would assume you're kind of in the vein of, of support personnel or, or staff, support staff in a sense. I'm not tier three, Patrick. I'll have you know, tier three. Okay, you're tier three. Uh, yeah. How? What? Which what I are... believe is the lowest tier you could be. <laughs> it is actually the lowest tier. That's what the media, right? Well, the but what are the are tier three tier protocols? Three. Because I mean, as we've chronicled, you're a major radio star in Charlotte. So I mean, you have that job. Uh, well, I'm on the higher end of tier three. Is how I like to think of it. Yeah, I would so think I'm so. tier three by my like. You know, I'm like on the higher end of tier. Yeah, three. I think I like think someone if, misses the cut. Like I was one of the first guys to miss the cut. Like that. <laughs> you're a bubble team in a sense in tier three. I'm a bubble I'm, tier yeah, guy. So you're a bubble tier guy. actually, so Wednesday night we have a practice that is sort of the fan fest, but on television they'll be doing it, and uh, 
That's coming up Wednesday night. And for those of us working that event, uh, we will be tested that morning of, uh, but we got tested yesterday. So I had my first COVID test. And I said to them, that wasn't bad. They just took a swab and swirled it around your nostrils and your other nostril three times. I said, I've heard horror stories about people feeling like their brains are being poked out. They go, oh, that's the other test. There's two tests. You got this test, which is the good test. I go, I like this test. And it took about <laughs> eight seconds. So it was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't get poked in the brain with it. So, so I worked out that I got the, the easy one. All right. So I, I'm assuming then if they're testing you day of uh, this Wednesday Fan Fest event, it's kind of like a, a 24-hour turnaround. In this, or yeah, less than that, actually. It would be almost instantaneous, the, the, the result, right? For what they do, yeah, exactly, exactly. So they know right away with that. And, they, and of course, the reason they do that is they want to know as people walking into the building that, you know, they're taking your temperature, obviously, right. and doing okay. that too. Okay. But they want to make sure people entering the building are safe. Well, are you hearing anything at this point about, and I know a lot of it hinges on the governor, and, and I don't think the governor is going to make any uh, this announcements, even though he's supposed to have uh, his next major press uh, briefing either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, you know, are you hearing anything about the possibility that Miami announced today 13,000 fans could attend uh, the uh, their opener against Buffalo? Uh, have you heard anything that's that's been discussed or any plan that's been presented? You know, the last thing I heard was on Friday there was some uh, reports that this week they would wait for, you know, the local, you know, Charlotte Mecklenburg folks to uh, – decide that for them. So I think they will go based on what the local CDC protocols are for the county and the area here. And we, as you know, because you live in the same state, we've been leaning towards more uh, separation than being together. So I would think we probably, if I had to guess, would probably, as far as laying odds, more unlikely than likely to have fans. But I don't rule it out. I think, you know, they'd like to have fans. If they can do it safely and have a certain amount, we've seen some NASCAR races do that and some other events. So, um, you know, we we still got a little bit more time to figure that out. Uh, but uh, right now, the, the real answers, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to come down to whatever the local politics, the CDC right. guidelines are, and team, the team will follow that. So, uh, Greenville on Friday, the health director for the county, Pitt County, uh, toured the stadium with officials, and I guess that was all part of the recommendations going to go up to the governor's uh, office. So, this kind of sounds like what you're saying there is the Charlotte health folks will now make their, will be in in, in this process of, of whatever this proposal will be. I guess. Yeah, at least a recommendation. Yeah. It may not be that they have the final say, but I think they'll look at that recommendation strongly and try to stay within the guidelines of what's going on here in this region. Obviously, being the biggest city, we've had the biggest, this county has had the biggest number of outbreaks and so forth. So that's, that's the concern. Yeah. Uh, as far as um, Teddy Bridgewater. Give us an idea of uh, what you've seen from him, and uh, is he continuing to sort of emerge as this uh, guy that's loved by his teammates but is looking pretty good? Yeah, I mean, we'd love to see him, like you said, preseason football and see what it looks like. But, you know, we got the games in New Orleans last year. We started, went 5-0. and But he is oozes football. I mean, he's a captain. He's a leader. He's got command of the room, of his teammates. He uh, seems to know the playbook as well as the coaches do from a, just an intelligence standpoint. Sounds like he's constantly thinking football. <laughs> he's in the hot tub. He's in the tub. He's in the cold tub. He's got the playbook with him, and he just uh, is a real cerebral uh, kind of guy. Uh, as far as the player he is, you know, he's, he's built as a guy that's got great accuracy. Last year, I think it was nine touchdowns, two interceptions in those five games. Obviously, nobody's the kind of athlete runner that Cam Newton was, but he's not being asked to do that. 
And then, uh, you know, it's a complicated offense. You know, it probably won't begin that way, but it'll become a complicated offense. That's got, you know, multiple options on every play where they can say every receiver needs to have their head on a swivel. They can be the guy getting the ball. So he's got to make that decision as the trigger man, you know, which of these five receivers is going to get it on any given play. And he seems like, you know, as far as fit with this Joe Brady offense, he's just what they need. Uh, Jim, thanks a lot. Good to talk to you. And uh, we'll catch up with you uh, next week or so. Sounds good. Thank you, Patrick. You're welcome. Uh, Jim Zoki, gang, and uh, Zoke will be on uh, Panther Talk on our sister station, 1037 WTIB, coming up in uh, a little bit. Uh, ben Byram, he has uh, an update on what's going on in the uh, world of sports, uh, football, everything, and uh, some news on a big pickup today uh, for Pirate Basketball. Here's Ben. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. Over the weekend, ECU transitioned to online learning, and yesterday, Interim Chancellor Ron Mitchelson called for an impromptu press conference. The university's decision to open campus for in-person learning faced heavy scrutiny by many. Mitchelson in that press conference reminded those why the university opened in the first place. Very difficult to maximize student success or assist with regional success if we remain virtual. Pirate basketball adds another top prospect in six foot five guard RJ Felton from Aiken, South Carolina. Felton averaged 24 points at Aiken and led his team to a 24 win season. He was named South Carolina's Boys Player of the Year for his efforts last season. Multiple universities within the state are seeing their football programs return to practice after recent COVID 19 scares. After implementing a temporary pause, UNC has cleared football and multiple other sports to continue athletic activities. App State has also decided to do the same, claiming that the football team will be broken up into small groups and that protocols will now be even more strictly enforced. From the NFL, the league has cleared all individuals who tested positive for the coronavirus over the weekend, saying that all these tests were determined to be false positives. 11 teams were affected by the mistake, with 77 individuals falsely testing positive, which affected practice schedules. One notable player who was affected by the false positives was Bills quarterback Josh Allen, who was forced to miss the team's Sunday practice. And the NBA Raptors guard Kyle Lowry has been diagnosed with an ankle sprain. Lowry suffered the in- injury in the final minutes of the final game of the series against the Nets. It is unclear whether Lowry would be able to play in Toronto's next series against the Celtics. The process in Philadelphia might be coming to a very anticlimactic end as head coach Brett Brown has been fired moments ago following their playoff series loss to the Celtics. Meanwhile, live action currently underway as the Rockets battle the Thunder. That game currently tied at 60 apiece at the half. James Harden leads all scorers with 19 points along with 7 assists. From baseball, the Rays are currently taking on the Blue Jays. A Willie Adams two-run homer in the bottom of the fourth propels Tampa Bay to a 3-2 lead over Toronto in the seventh. And in the Northern Trust over the weekend, we saw the largest margin of victory since Phil Mickelson won by 13 shots at the TPC Sugarloaf in 2006, as Dustin Johnson capped off the weekend with a dominant 30-under-254 victory and an 11-shot lead. Dustin Johnson will look to hit the greens again this Thursday at the BMW Championship. Fear 94 through the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barham. More from the P-Man after this quick timeout. This is where the Pirates play. 94.3 The Game, your home for the best ECU game day coverage in all of the Pirate Nation. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game.
All right. Uh, thanks to Jim Zoki. Tomorrow, uh, our good friend Brandon Sneed, local guy. Uh, Brandon's become quite the uh, author, and he's got a book out about Lincoln Riley entitled Sooner. He's going to be in the studio with us. Uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about that. I'm sure it chronicles some time here at ECU. Uh, and then Daniel Shepard, PirateAnalysis.com, uh, is going to be with us tomorrow so for a few minutes. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, <clears throat> over the weekend, uh, they had the funeral for our, our dear friend Philip Horn, uh, who was one time head of the ECU Alumni Association. And uh, Philip, uh, more so on the Talk of the Town program, was a, uh, a fixture for years th- on that show. Uh, he was um, kind of, uh, he did some co-hosting, but he also uh, was collaborative. He would write uh, some some bits, uh, do some character voices, uh, and uh, he did Bill Clinton. In fact, he did a Bill Clinton in person. We did a Bill Clinton bit when I was on the radio in Raleigh, and uh, they didn't find it as funny as I did, but uh, it was a great bit. And um, he would do some other character voices, but he, he was the voice behind the former chancellor, which was a wild character that would be, kind of took on a life of its own. It was it was patterned after a a former uh, ex chancellor at ECU who who would call it Eastern Carolina University and, and not get the names right of uh, simple things that people should get the names right of. And uh, so this weekend, and and they streamed his funeral. It was just a family uh, funeral, but uh, they did stream it, and I, I watched that, and that was. Um, his, his two sons did a really fabulous job speaking of their father. And and I've talked to Alexander, one of his sons, uh, back and forth a little bit here the last, uh, few days. And he's been, he's been an absolute, uh, uh, rock for his mom and for his family. He's a very impressive young guy. And, um, anyway, I, I, you know, obviously I knew him through the show and we became friends and would, uh, you know, text and email, uh, and, and then talk, but really in recent years, more text and email, which, you know, I, I do kind of personally regret, but, uh, we went every Thanksgiving when we did the first episode of this show, uh, almost two years ago, we had, uh, the former chancellor welcome us back. And, uh, that was, that was fun. It was a, a big kick for me. Um, but, uh, we always at Thanksgiving play the former chancellor's Thanksgiving story, which is hilarious. And whether you know the character or not, uh, it's still very funny. Uh, so I dug up a couple of bits this weekend, and uh, we're we're gonna play the the most of the entire Tall Ships uh, uh, bit. What that was back in 2006, uh, we were down at uh, Beaufort, and they had these you know kind of uh, wooden tall ships. Uh, they do it every year at different spots or periodically different spots. But Pepsi was one of the big sponsors. Our friends at Minji's uh, bottling, and uh, so we were. Uh, you know, doing our morning show for talk of the town down there. And, uh, there's just some funny, uh, this to me is hysterical. This is one of the best bits that we did with involving the former chancellor, the FC. Uh, so you'll hear, uh, myself, you'll hear Henry. You really hear me kind of howling in the background, but Henry asking the questions. Uh, so enjoy this. And, uh, we, uh, miss Philip and, uh, uh, let's go ahead and play that. It's Pepsi America sale 2006. And just as we suspected, Many celebrities from around the world here this weekend, and how would how would we have ever known that the former chancellor himself oh, wow. would show up here 
Ken Beaufort. Good morning, Mr. Chancellor. How are you? Good morning, Harlan. <laughs> Good morning, Presley. Henry and uh, Patrick. Right. <laughs> Great. It's good to see you here on the coast. Great to join you here in Beaufort, South Carolina. <laughs> so, Beaufort, North Carolina, sir. Right. <laughs> I've enjoyed touring the area. Drove through Morehouse City. <laughs> Morehead City. Right. right yeah. <laughs> I do have a vessel here waiting to take me across the big water. And as you can obviously see and know, my dinghy is the biggest that you'll see. In keeping with my stature, of course. I've heard you have a pretty huge dinghy, actually. Yeah. I'm preparing to lead an armada of fat men in little boats. <laughs> well... Patrick will hop in with you. He was in my boat yesterday. We had to call Mayday a couple of times because I thought we were gonna. I thought she was gonna sink, but we were able to uh, keep her afloat until we hit the sandbar. But anyway, Harvey, don't be a sailor hater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, what what do you think about the Pepsi America Sailor? This is a huge event down here. This is quite an event. It is a maritime Mardi Gras, a nautical nosh, a celebration of seamen. <laughs> That's true. There'll be quite a few seamen here. We've got uh, 14 ships. It takes a lot of uh, lot of lot of crew to handle all these ships. There'll be a lot of seamen here. I, I must say, however, that unlike the talk show host Russ Lindbergh. It's a lot of tall wood coming through the inlet. <laughs> Russ Lindbergh has, doesn't have the tall wood, huh? <laughs> By the way, there's a crowd gathering here on the Beaufort docks uh, to meet you, uh, Mr. Chancellor. Either that or we're making so much noise they're getting mad at us. I can't tell which. I, I must say that the weather is beautiful, although it's getting hot out here, <laughs> which reminds me of a song. <laughs> You're not going to do that song, are you? I was like, good gracious, that's bodacious, <laughs> flirtatious, trying to show patience, looking for the right time to shoot my steam, you know. Then I'm I'm leaving, please believing me and the rest of my heathens, cause I feel like busting loose. It's got so hot in here, I want to take off all my clothes. A, is that a song or is that something you uh, recited to your wife or something? I... No, I want to take off all my clothes. Please don't do it here on the dock, sir. That wouldn't be appropriate, I think. I heard about your male bondage experience <laughs> yesterday. Male bonding experience. You and your homeboys. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we were uh, riding around the out islands here. We were just doing a little cruising on my little 20-foot uh, runabout and uh, took the guys out to Shackleford Banks, and we saw the horses. Patrick actually tried to feed the horses. I had to remind him that they were wild animals and they could kill him with one quick swift kick and then i remembered uh that they could kill him with one swift kick and i and i didn't say anything i just let him try to feed him halsey 
I have also come to the Henry. Right. Awareness that this area is rich in buccaneer and privateer lore. <laughs> and I have a recommendation. All right. I believe that the Eastern State College <laughs> should change the names of its athletic teams to Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> to reflect the nature of the history. Everyone wants a little booty. <laughs> you think you think Eastern, Eastern State College should be the Pirates, huh? Famous Pirates like Calico Eugene and Bob the Stubbleface <laughs> navigated these waters. It should be Calico Jack. Uh, in search of booty. Blackbeard. Which I... reminds me of a song. <laughs> Not another song. I'm not sure we have time. All right, go ahead. One more song. Sure, sir. I like big butts, <laughs> and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. How do you know all these songs? I just can't help myself. I'm acting like an animal. Now here's my scandal. Baby got back. <laughs> I remember that song from the 80s. That's not the 80s. Was it the 90s? That's hit of today. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a disc jockey in your next life if you wanted to be, you know. You, you I'm an admiral today. <laughs> well, are you going to be uh, boarding any of the tall ships? Uh, they're going to, I mean, some of the celebrities, I understand, will get a personal tour and you might uh, you might be allowed on the ships and you know i'm looking for a slip to enter <laughs> <laughs> the uh, former chancellor here live at the Boca docks this morning oh it's good stuff that was uh, good stuff uh there is a scholarship uh at the school of the arts set up in phillips honor and they're asking uh you know in lieu of uh, flowers contributions uh, to that, and uh, you can uh, do that. Uh, UNCSA Foundation Philip Horn Scholarship, and that is uh, 1533 South Main Street in Winston Salem, 27127. And uh, we do miss uh, Philip quite a bit. Uh, we will uh, come back and wrap things up, give you an update on our Twitter poll after this. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. That was uh, funny. Gosh, that was funny. Uh, ben, what are the uh, what are the Twitter polls in case people want to vote at 943 The Game on Twitter? And what are the current uh, poll numbers? Okay, so first we asked the more notable and recognizable ECU alum, Vince McMahon or Sandra Bullock. Vincent Mann leads 55.6% of the votes, while Sandra Bullock has 44.4%. Then the other one we asked is, if you were starting a team from scratch, who would you rather take, Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson? Luka Doncic kind of running away with that when he's got 94.4% of the votes. That makes sense. I agree with I think Zion could ever get out there. He's got to get in shape. He does. Uh, He's got to shed some pounds there. Get some rebounds, too. Can't be that yeah. big and not get rebounds. Yeah, it's true. Uh, thanks to Jim Zoki and uh, also 
Uh, no tomorrow that we got Brandon Sneed, new book about Lincoln Riley out. He'll be in the studio with us. We have some copies to give away. And uh, Daniel Shepard, Pirate Analysis. Uh, thanks to intern Ryan. Great job, Ryan. There's another funny guy. He's very funny. And uh, also Ben Byron. Uh, we'll greet you tomorrow at 5 o'clock, Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great week, uh, or great evening, I should say.